Hello everyone and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And the name of this poem on tonight is entitled Transformation. So here we go. There was a moment in time when I attempted spiritual suicide. I allowed the negative opinions of others to totally cloud my mind, festering away at me, keeping me miserable and angry. And I was violent all of the time. I shut out positive thinking because to me, it was a waste of time. So I ignorantly chose to suffer, barely surviving. But one day I heard someone say, your life is what you make it. There had to be something greater. So I started to desire it because believing that there was nothing more would only convince me that I had nothing to live for. Love is life. And somehow I had stopped loving myself. I can't remember when it happened, but I wanted to be well. So I embraced positive thinking and God, I started wholeheartedly seeking. I desire to see myself through his eyes. He gave me many reasons to rebuke the enemy's lies and to think that at one time I really hated my life. But once I found God, I made a wise choice to not only follow him, but to use my own voice to fulfill my purpose and walk in God's love. I'm so glad that on me, He never gave up. It is because of God that I'm still breathing. And I'm so grateful that the spirit of suicide didn't overtake me. In my ignorance, by God's grace and mercy, I am still here in my... Let's try this again. And I'm so grateful that the spirit of suicide didn't overtake me in my ignorance. By God's grace and mercy, I am still here. And I do believe in the power of transformation and prayer. And I truly do believe in the power of transformation and prayer because I have watched literally my own life transform before my very eyes. I have watched how I went from being very bitter and angry all the time, picking fights all the time, finding reasons to be upset all the time, to now it's the complete opposite. And I don't stay angry for long I laugh more. I have more joy. I'm able to 
look at situations differently from a totally different lens. And I believe it's because I was willing to get rid of the negative mindset so that I could truly, truly experience what having the joy of the Lord being my strength truly felt like. One of the best decisions that I could have ever made was to forgive myself. Forgive myself for all the wrong choices. Forgive myself for holding grudges. Forgive myself for being bitter. Forgive myself for being angry because I had put myself in a prison and didn't even know it. And whenever I would cross certain people's paths that I had, you know, pretty much had an issue with, my whole body language would change. I would get irritated really quickly. There was nothing pretty about it. But the moment that I decided, you know what? It really is not worth all of this. It really is not. Because you got you to gotta hold. Anytime that you're upset with someone, you got to hold that stance for like a really, really long time. And if you pay attention to how your body language is or how your mind is when that person's name pops up. If you pay attention to your literally how you respond and how you react Your body will tell you a lot about indifference, bitterness, anger, if we pay attention to it. Because I noticed how certain people, when I would hear their name, I would cringe. I would grit my teeth. I would roll my eyes. I would be like, ugh, up under my breath. (laughs) Just to hear their name being said, irritated the living daylights out of me. And I was like, looking back, why did I give that person that much power over me? Why? They didn't even deserve that much, to have that much power over me. Why did I do that? And I think subconsciously, somewhere off in there, I had convinced myself, unaware, that If I had an attitude about that person, they would feel it. Half the time, they didn't care because they had moved on and moved forward in their own lives. They weren't thinking about the fact that I didn't like them. They weren't thinking about the fact that I wouldn't speak into them anymore. They had moved all the way on. So I was the one by holding a grudge, by... Feeling as if, well, if I'm not speaking to you, you know, your world ain't going to be the same if I ain't speaking to you. How arrogant is that? (laughs) How vain is that? You ain't going to survive because I ain't in your life. That's a lie. And for the longest time, I was believing the lie. The Bible says a man who thinks he's something when he is nothing deceives himself. Well, honey, I was deceiving myself on a whole lot of levels, (laughs) on a whole lot of levels. Um, I thank God that I have since just got rid of that mindset and I've just started to kind of accept life from a totally different perspective and it has freed me. I remember a bishop 
making a comment about when someone wants to walk out of your life, let them. Give them the gift of letting go. And I would have to agree with that. I've watched a lot of people, friendships, relationships, romantic relationships, fall by the wayside. And I've paid attention to how in the past, when someone would walk out of my life, oh, it would crush, it would crush me. Especially whenever they would walk out of my life without an explanation. It would do something to me because I I desired closure. And so when I didn't get that closure, I would be the one tormenting myself, trying to figure out why did they just up and leave? Like I thought we were really good friends. And now all of a sudden you won't answer my phone calls. What did I say to you? What did I do to you to deserve to be treated this way? It can't be discussed. It can't be talked about. We can't come to some type of resolution because in my mind, that friendship meant the world. And so it was hard for me to come to the conclusion that I may have valued the friendship But the other person didn't, it didn't hold the same weight with them. And so it was easy for them to dissolve that relationship. Their intent behind the relationship was different than mine. And because I never conveyed to them what my expectations were in the relationship, how valuable it was to me, when it ended, I was left with a void. And so it took years, 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 years for me to make peace with someone letting go without an explanation. And so now I've even found myself letting go without an explanation because I'm starting to realize sometimes when you've already given the information and the person does not either respect your view or have their own way of doing things that does not align with your way of doing things and you're constantly butting heads that the best thing that you can do is walk away and whenever they're in that moment and they're thinking like well why come she just stopped taking my phone calls, maybe it'll force them to go back over the conversations that were had. And when you start to realize, well, I didn't budge. It didn't matter what she was saying. It didn't matter how she said it. I was going to keep on being me. I was going to keep on doing what I wanted to do. Well, then that's an automatic. You're not willing to compromise. And so me walking away is doing us both the service because I don't want to argue with you all the time. Or vice versa. It's like, why should I have to force you to feel the same way that I do when it's apparent that we don't see eye to eye? It's better, like, I believe that the word says, how can two walk together unless they both agree? And so 
it's kind of like that when it comes to certain relationships and friendships and all of that. If, if, if we don't agree, then maybe it is best that I go my way and you go yours. Who's to say that further on down the line when you've experienced a few things in life and I've experienced a few more things in life that I start to like navigate in the direction of the point of view that you once had, but now I've caught up. Or that I've once had and now you've caught up. But maybe that gap was necessary for growth. And so once I started to realize that how someone feels about me really has nothing to do with me directly. A lot of times there's some things that are happening within them that they can't even formulate the words to describe why it is that I may vex them, why it is that I may touch their nerve. They haven't even figured it out yet. But to be in my presence may rub them the wrong way. That's not my problem. That's their problem. And so until they're able to deal with their problem, it may be best that they remove themselves from the equation. Maybe I trigger something in them that they can't put a finger to. Maybe they trigger something in me that I can't put a finger to. But over a period of time in our separation, either that person gets the revelation, I get the revelation, but I still don't owe you an explanation even once I get the revelation. And it's taken me a long time to get that. It's taken me a long time to understand that it's really okay. Because the Bible talks about working out your own soul salvation. So with me, my working out my own soul salvation is going to look different than someone else working out their own soul salvation. They may need to do an immediate disconnect. I may need to give an explanation while I'm doing the disconnect. One is not more right than the other. It just depends on that person's journey. But it took me years to recognize that. It took me years to understand that. To where it's like, hmm. Because I, I think I always had in the, in the back of my mind, treat people, treat others how you want to be treated. So a lot of times what I was doing, because I would be the person to be like, okay, well, you know, I don't think this is going to work out. It's not you, it's me, blase, blase. I would give the explanation, right? And so when I started dealing with people that wasn't, they weren't giving an explanation, it would bother the living daylights out of me because I'm just like, I mean, you really can't just tell me why you ain't speaking to me no more. Ain't it just a couple of words or a couple of text messages? It shouldn't take all of that. And so it used to bother me. I remember I was in a relationship and me and this guy, we had a disagreement. And when we had the disagreement, in my mind, it was one of those where all he had to do was pick up the phone and be like, babe, I'm sorry. You know, I could I could see how you would take it the way that you took it. But this had nothing to do with you and it had everything to do with me. I'm still dealing with some things. Now, see, I would have taken that, would have forgiven him quickly, and we would have went on about our merry way, right? But instead, when I voiced my opinion, I didn't get a response at all. 
I didn't get a response for a whole 30 days. And so in that 30 days, I had to figure out how to function, knowing that there was no resolve, knowing that I had no closure, knowing that I still had feelings for this man, not understanding how we could go this long without conversing when we were conversing day after day after day after day, two to three times a day for over five years. So to go from constantly communicating to now there's no communication whatsoever, you're left to lean on your own understanding. So when I finally did take the initiative and contact him, what he said, no matter how genuine he was, it did not resonate with me because I felt like at that point, you didn't value the relationship at the same measure that I did. Because the response was, I thought you were mad at me. My response was, even if I were, because I was mad, but I wasn't mad enough to never speak to you again. But because he had dealt with those type of women, he had dealt with the type of women that would get upset with him and never speak to him again. That had become something that he was used to. But because I had never dealt with a man that was willing to be like, well, she's mad at me. So I guess I'm going to hear from her for a whole month, maybe two months until she calms down. That was new to me. That was foreign to me. And so we're still good friends to this day. But I had to realize and I told him, you have been dealing with the wrong type of females. That would be they're They're willing to use you for what you can do for them, but they have no regard of how they're affecting you emotionally. And because you've dealt with damaged women, now you're damaged to where you can't even see that if I'm upset with you, it doesn't take away the love that I have for you. I'm just upset with you, but I'm not upset enough never to speak to you again. And even if I were that upset because of our history together, I wouldn't put you in a situation where you wouldn't know why we are no longer speaking because I, I have that much love and respect for you. So it is possible when you're dealing with individuals and you're dealing with other people and not knowing their background, not knowing what they've been through, not knowing what their triggers are, it is possible that your interpretation, because I found this out, just because that's how I communicate, that's not always how the other person is going to communicate. So one thing that I have truly learned when it comes to relationships, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a romantic relationship, this is what I've learned. It is very important to communicate what your boundaries are in the relationship. So for me, I know that silent giving me the silent treatment, I'm not going I'm not going to ride with that. It's one thing for us to come into agreement and say, look, right now, both of us are heated. 
I think it's best that we put this on the table and we come back later and address it when we've both calmed down. But to go one minute where we're all laughing and kikiing and kakaing and then the next minute you get upset and I don't hear from you or hear your voice for two to three days, I can't do that because too much can happen in two to three days. And I prefer not to get placed to the devil. So that is something that I was not able to articulate or even communicate back in the day. Now I know that it's imperative that I stay connected to the person that I'm with. Even if I'm upset, I'm mad at you right now. Give me about, give me a little, give me a little time. We could be in the same house. You could be on one end of the couch. I could be on the other end of the couch. Let's watch television where I, I still feel you. I still want you. I still want you. But I just don't want to be bothered. I just don't want to be bothered with you in this moment. But going to bed angry, that's not an option for me. I don't want to go to bed angry. I don't care if we're talking to three o'clock in the morning. Let's talk about this. Let's get this out. Let's get it off of our hearts. Because I don't need you passing away because of a heart attack or a stroke or a heart attack. And I don't need to be passing away for that. So, yeah, it's like the older that I've become, the more that I've experienced, the more that I realize those it's those small foxes that spoil the vine. And it is imperative that I not give place to those small foxes and that whoever I'm, I'm dating, courting, getting ready to marry, that we understand we need to communicate. OK, future hubby, communication is key. So this is going to conclude the raw version of the episode where we try to remain real and wise and I am going to read a letter to my future hubby it is called I mean (laughs) it's dated March the 6th of 2021 I'm still in poetry mode y'all so here we go dear future hubby today is my sixth year anniversary at my full-time job guess how I spent my anniversary working on my dreams and napping. I must be aging because naps are imperative for me nowadays. I used to fight my sleep no matter how exhausted I was, but now I will put things down, crawl in my bed and pass all the way out unapologetically. I slept good too, so much so that when I woke up, it took everything within me not to roll back over and fall asleep again. Do you take naps or do you do what I used to do and fight your sleep until it's bedtime? Quote unquote. I guess that's really what the weekends are for to rejuvenate yourself in preparation for the upcoming week. Well, one of the reasons why I don't normally ever view weekends um, as such is primarily because my weekends and hours outside of my normal full time job hours are used to work on my dreams. So my days all seem to collide with one another. It's all good. I have a vision in mind. Isn't that what the word of God says? Without a vision, God's people perish. Well, I don't want to perish. Therefore, I am working on my vision every free moment I get. I wonder how you think. I wonder if you are the kind of man that has to plan everything out. The kind of man that knows when is the perfect time for you to begin looking for your rib, your better half, because you've accomplished the majority of your dreams and goals and you are now ready to settle down. Or are you the type of man who realized too late 
that you married the wrong person for all the wrong reasons and you are mending your brokenness after an ugly divorce? Or are you the kind of man who doesn't have your own children, but has no problem with being a father to your wife's children? I have so many questions. Are you the kind of man that is naturally a homebody or do you absolutely love to travel? Are you okay with me not wanting to have any more children? Are you a man who ser- or who saves money or do you spend every chance you get? Do you love God? Do you love yourself? Do you love kids? Do you hate kids? Do you love pets? What kind of pets? Do you hate pets? Do you prefer to have a maid or Will you be willing to clean the house with me? Do you expect a hot meal every day? Do you mind leftovers? Do you like to fold your own clothes? (laughs) Are you easily distracted? Do you pay your tithes and offerings? Do you have a healthy relationship with your parents, your child or children, your siblings, your colleagues? I feel like I haven't asked enough questions in the past. And although there is no guarantee that I ask all the right questions this go round, at least this time I will have a blueprint of the types of questions to ask. Are you in an entanglement? Do you get involved in situationships? Are you willing to be monogamous in your relationships? Are you easily offended? Are you the jealous type? What makes you jealous? Do you go to church? Do you have a church home? Are you sexually active? Are you abstinent? Do you have a problem with me being abstinent? Have you ever had sex with the man? Has a man ever had sex with you? Have you ever gone to jail for having sex with a minor? Nowadays, Dating requires more than just asking your potential purpose partner if they love sunsets and candlelight dinners. We must know who it is we are planning to build our futures with. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope that y'all have a blessed and wonderful evening or morning whenever it is that you hear this episode. And please do me a huge favor and share out the broadcast. Um, You can let them know that they can go to DearFutureHubbyPodcast.com and check me out. I'm excited about what this journey is doing in my life. I am excited because I have always been a person of transparency. I've always been transparent as long and as far as I can remember. But this is getting me out of my comfort zone on so many levels. And I'm happy about that. But I hope that y'all have a blessed day. And do me a huge favor. Please take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.